Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall. Just it's Final Word Daily, England, New Zealand men. We're here in Durham, Lumley Castles, just over there where Shane Watson snuck into Brettley's room. I'm Adam Collins. Cam Ponsonby's with me uh, for this series. He's going to tell you all about England trouncing New Zealand in 30 seconds. Finn Allen whacks it first up. Luke Wood, three sixes. Looked like we were going to get 220 plays, 220. New Zealand then crumbled in a heap. Found their set. Got about 15 runs off the next four overs and then never got going again. Liam Livingston bowled beautifully. Then England came out to bat. David Milan was very David Milan. Was four off ten, caught up. Harry Brook came in, was amazing. Has to play in the World Cup. England win by seven wickets with six overs to spare. Yeah, and, and even six overs to spare. It felt like at one point they might win with like 12 overs to spare. Well, maybe not that. That's a bit of an exaggeration. But, you know, that was that kind of energy uh, once they restricted New Zealand to 139 for nine. You mentioned Livingston. It was the spin squeeze, wasn't it? On a pitch that was a little bit tacky and we saw balls move off the seam, but not kind of like it. Uh, at, at sort of breakneck speed, more glacial speed. The one that Moeen had turned past the edge is a, a glorious example of that. Um, but, you know, New Zealand were never able to move through the gears. Phillips got a pretty good platform to launch from, but that's when he was at his slowest. Yeah, I kind of, I think Bryden Carr said this at the halfway point, that he thought New Zealand were a little bit under par, and I thought that was very kind, basically. It's not the highest scoring ground in the world. Um, in the blast this year, so I think it's been the third lowest scoring ground, yep. but one thought it was never, ever, ever going to be enough. And the way that kind of, New Zealand don't have the batting depth to be able to have, to have lost the wicks they did at the start. They've got Adam Milne at eight. I think he's got like a T20 average of like nine and strikes at like 110 compared to Sam Curran for England. It's just not the same matchup, basically. They don't have the depth to be able to have lost those wickets and they didn't have the depth again to catch up. So I think, in, I think New Zealand just lost, basically. They were just were the weaker of the two sides. They needed everything to go right to come out on top and it didn't. And then Liam Livingston was able to... You talk about that kind of slow spin. He got one to really rip away from Daryl Mitchell before yeah. getting him in the following ball. And that was when we saw England do their little bit of learnings because Liam Livingston had four overs instead of Adil Rashid today, basically. So that was the kind of England having a little bit of a, let's actually learn a bit more today rather than necessarily going foot to the throat. 
Yeah, and they did a similar thing with Will Jacks opening a set of Butler. I suppose the attitude there, and Butler alluded to it at the toss, is that I've batted loads recently. I, you know, I've led, led, led the run scorers in the 100. Um, you know, he's opening in that format. He's going to open in the World Cup in the Caribbean uh, and in America next year. But it feels to me like it might be a little bit of a shootout between Will Jacks and Johnny Bairstow for who will open with Butler in the next World Cup. It was Bairstow's first white ball game for England in, in over 12 months this evening as well. So I know that, that Jacks only makes 22 from 11 or whatever it is and gets going briefly. But a good 22 in the context of you know breaking the back of the chase. Bairstow's out inside the first over, but you know, that's one to watch because Butler is more here in almost like a Morgan role. He's here to kind of guide and nurture the team more than worrying too much about his own performances. There's, I felt like there's two kind of different World Cup auditions happening in this series. You've got the likes of Luke Wood, Will Jacks, who are genuinely playing the T20s nine months up, nine months up from a T20 World Cup. They're auditioning for that. Yep. Then you've got the World Cup that's in a month's time. And there, what's happening there is Harry Brook is basically keeping on the pressure and Liam Livingston and David Milan are having to keep their head above water and basically try and avoid being the Dev David Vi David Willey of 2023. <laughs> I can't work out if Jason Roy is benefiting or not benefiting from being absent this week because yeah. I thought initially perfect they can't drop you if you don't play but today Milan did very well Livingston did very well Brooke did very well there's going to be this pressure on Roy when he comes back next week because if he has a run of duff scores all of a sudden I, do, I, I genuinely think Brooke will go to the World Cup that's my kind of prediction Basically. Yeah, and like if there's any suggestion that he doesn't bat at the, like the right tempo, I was reading somewhere during the week where his test strike rate's 90, and I'm like, test rate's like fucking 90, you know? He, 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 um, he struck in Pakistan last year in that brief T20 series at like 170 or something ridiculous. There's no real doubt that, that Brook can bat whichever which way he needs, and he, he, he took that opportunity this evening to... To, to draw a line under all of that. Um, and then with the ball, you know, we're speaking about replacements a lot. Um, John Turner uh, and uh, Josh Tung were meant to benefit from this opportunity. Not necessarily Bryden Cass, who, you know, makes those two first-class hundreds earlier in the year. I watched him bowl at Lords last year at 90, 90 mile an hour on the real speed guns, not the pretend speed guns, the ones that actually clock how fast you're bowling. Um, he's got wheels, he's tall, he's taken a, a five for an international level before. This was his debut. He's player of the match on his home ground. I'm not saying he's going to make his way into the 15 but he might end up as one of the you know the the injury players they take out there especially if Archer doesn't come good he could do and weirdly I don't think so this this was Bryden Cast's best ever T20 figures right. and it's like three for 23 that incredibly underwhelming his T20 record is like borderline abysmal he averages like 45 of the ball from 70 matches he takes a wicket like every other game goes at nines oh, right. and basically like England just just like him and they're like you bowl quick you're now batting really well. He's averaging 60 in the county championship. Yep. You have the raw materials that we would like to see you in test cricket and ODI cricket. Have a run out here, basically, and it's gone perfectly for him. It's a bit like Gus Atkinson in list A cricket, right? He's barely played, but they see yeah. that he's got all the component parts. And if they can get him together, and if they put the machine together in the correct way, it could be a world beater. I think that's exactly it with England, is that the, it, it, it's not how much, but it's how. It's just if they see you and they like what you do, you kind of... This is a horrible analogy, but I always kind of think of it, if you're cooking with like butter, garlic and chilli, you can't fuck it up, basically. Like, it's going to be nice. There's your intro. Exactly. Thank you very much. <laughs> and so they see Bryden Cast, they see Gus Atkinson, they go, hang on, you're bowling 90 mile an hour on a hard length. We know that will be fine. And Bryden Cast proved it today. Finn Allen's another one with all the bits in the right places. It's three 
big sixes in the first over of the game, albeit after swinging and missing twice to start. His breakdown's pretty interesting. 18 from five balls and then three from his next two, three from his next 10 rather before getting out. Um, he just looked a little bit scratchy. And I'm not sure any of the New Zealand players have the excuse of just rocking up and being a bit under par. Like they've like all been playing in the 100 with the exception of those who are in the UAE playing three T20s last week. They've played 14 T20 internationals this year. England have played three before tonight, all of which were in Bangladesh with a, a side that was designed to you know, test players' skills in different ways and they were expected not to do well there. No, the New Zealand guys have been playing heaps. And like Adam Milne and Glenn Phillips and a couple of other guys, maybe even and Mitchell Santner, they're all out, out in Major League Cricket as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They've, got a lot of, they've got a lot of cricket behind them. Finn Allen, when he came, he was the an analyst's dream when he came on. He was went unbelievably well in the New Zealand domestic league, and his numbers were just so kind of erratic and just kind of off the scale, basically, of his like intent that they got him in. And we saw that in the first over. And as you said, it then kind of just disappeared, and it just it really felt like once he got out, New Zealand almost had. I don't want to say nothing left because you've obviously got Glenn Phillips there who's a fantastic player but he's had a pretty duff year he averaged about like single figures in the IPL right. didn't have a great MLC finally got his first half century in for ages in the warm-up game against Gloucestershire the other day they're not a team that's particularly kind of in form at the moment and I think that kind of is why the game played out the way it did. Basically. Well, they just couldn't. They just couldn't move gears, right? Like Phillips is a good example of this, right? You know, he 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 gets to where he needs to be before they are meant to go and push forward. And Jeremy Coney, bless him, he was scoring in. We didn't have a scorer tonight on SEN, so he he scored the game while commentating the game with me. I adore that man. Um, there were 18 dots in the power play for New Zealand, and then a further 28 dots between overs seven and 19. So you know, England spinners and, and seamers, but especially their spinners, they kind of went to work just at the point where New Zealand were meant to change the game and get 160 or whatever it was but wickets fell you know they're partnerships here right they have four partnerships between 21 and 26 England have back-to-back -back partnerships of 54 then 57. Well, it felt like the difference the difference watching between watching New Zealand bat and England bat when New Zealand batting you were going where's their boundary yeah. when New Zealand were bowling you're like how are they going to stop a boundary basically yeah. there was so many options for England to kind of take down the New Zealand bowlers and that just didn't feel like it was replicated this ground looked massive when New Zealand were batting yeah. apart from when Phil Allen had his little like, aberration at the start where he just yeah. whacked it miles whereas New Zealand just couldn't manage to find that same kind of control and that was where I think David Milan did very well in that part of the reason he's in this World Cup squad is he's Kind of, he's left-handed. He provides that that match-up option basically to go kind of quick visit, and so he's got 50 or 40 today. But against Santner and Ishodi, the leggy and the left-arm spinner, who he's meant to target, he was 32 of 16. So England will take that in isolation and be like wicked. Like they don't have New Zealand didn't have an end they could bowl at basically because even though the guy was going slow at one end, then was rocketing along at the other. Where do you fit on the great David Milan debate? It feels like we're into about year four of this, right? He goes to number one in the T20 rankings. I think it was in 2020 during that lockdown series against Australia, which was partly used to whack him over the head. It was like a point of derision. How's this guy number one? But equally, there there is a very strong um, cohort of people who support him in that role, kind of for matchups, but also stability, 35 years of age, played most of his cricket in his 30s, strong personality and all the rest of it. Then there's the other side of the debate, which is, well, maybe he provides a bit of a ceiling on what they can do when they bat first. Yeah, and I think the in the macro sense, you could say like, 
Milan maybe failed today because it wasn't as fluent innings, but in the micro where they, England wanted him to do well, he succeeded. And that and being able to catch up and target the leggy and being able to target the left-arm spinner is more important in the longer format. So that kind of ceiling argument probably doesn't hold as much when you're talking about 50-over cricket. But yeah, today I felt like I was watching like a rerun of like Top Gear on Dave or something like... Well, I've seen this one before where Milan's four off ten and I remember these used to be jokes and we always used to laugh about this and but I'd, I'd just completely forgotten it even existed because it's kind of just drifted away in time and Milan's kind of just I've always thought that England just never wanted to pick him like I've always kind of thought of him as like the second teamer who got picked in the ones because there was a stag do and then he scored runs and just they could never drop him and they're always like oh God, we don't want to pick you but every week he's scoring runs and he's managing, he's doing the same now. He's had to hold himself to an impossibly high standard and he's succeeded in doing that. He's going to get to another World Cup at 30 million years old at the expense of like England's like best batter ever or whatever to get too hyperbolic, basically, in Harry Brook. Yeah. Yeah, and that's right. I mean, we are sort of running a 50-over filter through a T20 game. I get all of that, but so it will be for the next three games. Uh, we should do a quick final word Hall of Fame while we're here as well, Cam. Um, I liked the fact that we had at one stage in the 15th hour of a T20 a slip and a leg slip, how infrequent that would be. But it says a bit about the squeeze that Butler was able to put on. But I enjoyed even more um, Josh Butler reviewing a ball that came straight at the middle. Well, not the middle, but the, the middle part, the low end, albeit, of the bat. I'm not sure who was batting at the time but he was the only person on the ground that thought it hit that front pad it missed by six inches it's going to appear on one of those youtube compilations of worst reviews ever and i've got a feeling butler might have a few of those already um in the can from when he's been keeping and insisting upon uh, stuff going upstairs absolutely it was like very funny upon reflection it was very quick like, i think the umpire just chucked the ball back to the bowl and was like go and have a go man i think my, my hall of fame would have been um, first over, so Luke Wood's gone two full six, two short twice, six six, and Butler goes and has a chat with him. I always just like, what? What are you talking about? Is it, is it just like a bowl a good ball? Don't bowl a bad ball. And then like Luke Wood bowls a good ball dot, and he was like, perfect plan, well done, lads. Like. <laughs> That was my little uh, tidbit from the start of the day. And there was also a, a big smile on Butler's face when he swung Wood around. I think Wood gets a wicket with like his third yeah. ball of his second over. Inside the power play still, but you know, getting clouted in the first. And um, Butler, you know, beaming smile, I suppose. We've all done it as captains. You make a bowling change and it breaks your way and you think you're a genius. Cam, thanks for joining us today, as you will, in two days' time when we move to Manchester on the final word dailies. There's fucking shitloads of stuff in the feed I didn't even plug the Scotland episode from the other day when we made the weekly um, dare I say it it's a pretty good episode listen to that listen to Pajara dailies we've got a new show starting that I'm meant to be recording in a couple of days time a whole new different final word thread so um, keep an eye on that I better tell you about that given you'll be helping us make the show story time on the weekend it's very good believe me we've already made it uh, that's it cheers Cam thank you very much good night farewell amen shut up Ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant. Yeah. I had to go about.